Hello and welcome to Box Office Receipts. I'm your host, Tyler Callahan, and there is a bit of news this week, right before the Oscars. But all the Oscar talk will be on next week's episode. For now, let's talk about the numbers. Staying in first place for the third weekend in a row is the Batman with $36.8 million for a total of $300.1 million. Opening in second place is Jujutsu Kaisen Zero with $17.7 million. In third place was Uncharted with $8 million for a total of $125.8 million. Fourth place was X, which opened with $4.4 million. And lastly in fifth place was Dog with $4 million for a total of $54.2 million. The Batman had another solid hold over the weekend and is doing great numbers. At this rate it's going to be close, but I think it can still finish above $400 million. As for Jujutsu Kaisen Zero, this was a great opening for it, and for Sony as well. The film domestically was released by Crunchyroll, a subsidiary for, of Sony. So yeah, this release I think proves two things. First, anime films are here to stay and can make money if given a chance. Both this film and Demon Slayer from last year opened over 2,000 theaters each and made a good amount of money. Second, Sony is having a heck of a year so far with the leftovers of No Way Home, Uncharted doing solid numbers, and now Jujutsu Kaisen Zero doing great. If I were them, I'd be hoping Mobius does not crash this party. Taking a look at China, well, the numbers were not great. It was basically Batman and that's it. Obviously in first place was Batman, but it only took in a $11.8 million. In second place was Uncharted with $4 million for a total of $10.2 million. Remember that opened on Monday. In third place was the Battle at Lake Changing 2 with $1.6 million for a total of $638 million. Fourth place was Too Cool to Kill with $1 million for a total of $413 million. Fifth place was Boonie Bears Back to Earth with $600,000 for a total of $152 million. While these numbers are not great, Variety is reporting that around 30% of the theaters around the country are now temporarily closed as China deals with their rising cases. You also have to account people might just be avoiding theaters for now, even if they're open, to uh, avoid risk getting it. For the Batman, though, it is getting good word of mouth on Chinese social media, so that's good for Warner Brothers. It does suck for them, though, that it will likely not make much more, and depending on how China handles COVID over the next few weeks, The Secrets of Dumbledore is likely to have similar or worse numbers. Looking at the worldwide numbers, the Batman made another $49.1 million for a worldwide total of $598.1 million. At this rate, it'll definitely finish between $750 to $800 million, with a chance of going higher, possibly $900 million. Uncharted made $19 million for a worldwide total of $337.3 million. Jujutsu Kaisen Zero made $4.4 million for a worldwide total of $144.7 million. Turning Red is at $8.4 million. Uh, Death on the Nile is at 130.7 million. Universal also got a head start on their newest movies, DreamWorks The Bad Guys and Michael Bay's newest film, Ambulance. While both are coming out in the States in April, the studio released them in some countries earlier. The Bad Guys opened to 8.5 million in 25 markets, while Ambulance made 4.4 million in 35 markets. Let's jump right into the new movies in development. And it looks like Crazy Rich Asians 2 is back in production. 
Deadline has the exclusive on this, and that is Warner Brothers has signed Amy Wang to write the screenplay. After the big success of the first film, Warner Brothers did try to get a head start on a sequel back in 2019, but after a pay dispute, production stopped. It was revealed that Adele Lim was being paid 10 times less than her co-writer for the scripts, Peter Chiarelli. Since then, Lim has left the project, and the film itself was just on pause until now. Now, I have not seen the work of these writers, so I will not comment on if it's a good pick or not. But, I'll talk about the business sense of this. For Warner Brothers, they should have paid Lim the difference, or most of it. The first film was a surprising success, and since it was based on a series of books, can easily be a trilogy. This could easily be a small franchise for them, and with the pay dispute, this has been now on hold for three years. So while it's great they got to their senses and hired someone else to move it along, I do wonder if it's a little too little too late. Also, during press for the eventual movie now, what if Lim talks about the detail of what happened? That's just bad press that's not needed and could have been avoided if they just paid her. Another film now in development is a sequel to Godzilla vs. Kong. While we know nothing about it, the news comes from the Australian government, which says the film is scheduled to shoot in Queensland later in the year. If that's true, then there has to be some announcement by the summer of what the film will be about. There is no way by the end of 2022 they are going to be filming and we don't have a date, a title, a director, or any cast members announced. But, but I'm not surprised Legendary is moving fast on a sequel, considering it was the first big movie as theaters around the world reopened and stayed open. The numbers were great, and that was with a day and date release on HBO Max. A good sequel can easily do 500 million or more. Not sure what the film will be about, but I'm looking forward to it. We have an update on Fast and Furious 10, and that is uh, Daniela Melancor has joined it. It is not clear yet what her role is, but if I had to guess, maybe working with Jason Momoa as the antagonist. Anyway, she was great in Suicide Squad, so this is a good addition to the film. The Hollywood Reporter has the exclusive on this, and that is there is a live-action Voltron film in the works, and there is now a bidding war for it. It is a package deal with Ross and Marshall Thuber to direct and co-write the film. As for now, the studios in the mix for it include Universal, Warner Brothers, and Amazon. Funny enough, the most recent iteration of Voltron, an animated TV show which has been on Netflix the past few years, they are right now not in the running for it. Wonder why they are not making a push for it. So, whoever gets the film though, setting a release date for it's going to be tricky, as Duber still has to film Red Notice 2 and 3, which is set to be filmed back to back, so depending on the schedule of those films, he might not be rolling cameras on Voltron for easily another year, maybe two. As for a Voltron movie itself, I do not know much about it, but seeing pictures of the animated shows, I can see the appeal for a live-action version of it. Last week we talked about the Amazon MGM deal being completed, and now we have a new film going to MGM. The studio acquired the worldwide rights to Bones and All, which was directed by Luca Gardingano and star Timothy Chalamet re-teaming from Call Me By Your Name. The film also stars Mark Reliance, Jessica Harper, Francesca Scorsese, and David Gordon Green. No word on a release date for the film. Now, depending on the price for the rights of the, for the film, uh, this isn't a bad pickup for MGM. It is based off a book, and the talent is clearly there for a good film, so we'll see what happens. Lastly, there is this great article I read from The Hollywood Reporter about Tom Cruise, Paramount, and the issues filming Mission Impossible 7. It's a great read, and I will leave a link to it in the show notes 
but a few things caught my attention that I wanted to mention. Not surprisingly, Tom Cruise was furious about Paramount's plan to premiere movies on Paramount Plus after 45 days in theaters, and he even lawyered up. Uh, with his case being that even though it's a Paramount movie, it's a Mission Impossible movie, and it's a Tom Cruise movie, so he wants his full three months exclusive in theaters. He does not want that cut that in half. As for where they stand on that now, it's not resolved, with both him and the studio agreeing to work it out closer to a release, so I'd assume early next year. Also, just from a filmmaking standpoint, I was surprised how loose Tom Cruise and director Christopher McQuarrie can be with production. Last summer, after filming Mission Impossible 7 on and off for 18 months, they decided to throw in a submarine sequence. It was already in the plans for 8, but it's crazy to think, like, if you're at a studio, you just want to get this film done, and you hear, oh, they're adding a submarine sequence, like, what? But that is the issue Paramount faces here. They have become too reliant on Tom Cruise, who for years has been Paramount's icon, and with that, he can kind of do what he wants. It was also mentioned in the article he stopped a possible Days of Thunder reboot as a series for Paramount Plus and Mission Impossible spinoffs. So even if he's not directly starring in them, his creative control over his franchises is shaping what the studio can do to a certain degree. These are the articles I just love to read, and just understanding how the politics of it work back and forth. Only got one piece of news for VOD Premium, and that is we are getting a better idea of how Warner Brothers Discovery will plan their streaming services. Speaking at a conference last week, Discovery CFO Gunnar Wildenfins mentioned how the new company will be merging both HBO Max and Discovery Plus and not sell them as a bundle. This does not surprise me, as to make it easier for customers to watch more of your content, it should be consolidated into one place. Now, it did not offer specifics as to when it would happen, but at least we know what they are working towards. This does leave a few questions though. First, will it be similar to the idea I offered last week, where there would be tiered versions of HBO Max that offer Discovery content? Or is it just going to be merged and it's one price? Also, we still don't know where CNN Plus lands in all this, and whether it will be merged as well. Since it is only launching this week, they might give it a few months to see how people, how many people actually sign up for it. And that is it for this week's episode of Box Office Receipts. Question for the episode is, what do you think Amazon should do with MGM? Should MGM be a lead branding for Amazon content? Be left alone to do its own thing? Let me know on Facebook. Link to the pages in the show notes, as well as the Hollywood Reporter article about Mission Impossible. Thank you for listening.